0: Number one, the message that I have for you this morning could be titled tree to tree. I want you to take your hand like that. I want you to drop your two middle fingers there and I want you to form tree to tree. All right, do it with me, please. Tree to tree. I know that's real babyish. I know that some of you are too manly to do that. Um, Tree to tree. That's the idea. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. Hear the word of the Lord. Elohim, God, then God, Elohim. Then Elohim said, let us, and we're puzzled by the plural pronoun there. What? Let us, wait a minute, I thought it was God. Let us make mankind, humanity, humans in our, wait a minute, another plural pronoun there. Let us make mankind humanity, mankind, in our image, after our likeness. And let that humanity, them, males and females, have dominion over fishes of the sea and over birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God, Elohim, created humanity in His own image, Stop. What's going on here? I thought it was, let us make man in our image. And then in verse 27, the pronouns flip on me. And the English teacher gets out their red marker and says, is it our or is it his? Is it plural or is it singular? Is verse 26 right or is verse 27 right? Because one must be wrong if the other one, it's, Is it his or is it our? What's going on here? How am I supposed to wrap my brain around our image or his? So God made man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. He is a singular pronoun. He is a singular pronoun. But in verse 26, I have a plural pronoun. Does anyone have any kind of an idea of how we can solve this dilemma that we have here between 26 and 27 when the first chapter of your Bible, I can't even get the pronouns to agree. What say you, young man? Both verses are correct. Excellent. Keep on saying it. referencing the triunity of god and then why in the world do we switch pronouns in 27 then what's going on okay i'm tracking on you right up to that point and i think you're just about there with me does anyone want to grab a hold of that and carry the ball forward a little bit go Is united in one. Yeah, so I think you're on the right track. So I would say that in verse 26, the emphasis is on three, R, the triunity of God. But in verse 27, the emphasis moves from the triunity God to what then? The oneness, the unity of God. And then God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all involved in the creation of this amazing thing called humanity, and we need to understand that they're not disjointed, that they are one. So we can say we were made in his image, or we can say that let us make man in our image, that God the Father was just as involved in making you as God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Turn to chapter number two, please. Turn to chapter number two. Just one verse. Just one verse. And out of the ground, in chapter nine, uh, verse nine, out of the ground, the Lord God. Wait, wait a minute. Now we're introducing this new word and we need to know what this word is. And hopefully freshmen and last year sophomores know exactly where I'm going with this. Verse nine says, and out of the ground... The Lord God, who's the Lord there? What's the Hebrew word there? Come on, remind yourselves, it's Yahweh, that's right. So we want to read it in Hebrew, we would say out of the ground, Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim, why Yahweh? Why do we need to learn this word Yahweh? This is where you open your mouth and give me a solid answer because you are good students of the Bible and you've been growing. Yes, amen, good job, it's God's name. Call me Yahweh. When do we find out about this? Exodus chapter number three. Moses gets the call from Elohim on this holy ground. you remember that? I need you to go and rescue these people, deliver them out of Egypt. And he asked them a real simple question, coach. He says, when they ask me a name, what am I gonna say? Is it Bob? Is it Zach? What's the name? And what's the response? I am. I am? Like, what kind of name is I am? Nobody calls themselves I am, unless you are. Do you get it? And when the Hebrews stacked up the consonants, in our English translation, it's Y-H-W-H, and thus we put the S sound, and it's Yahweh. And of course, if you were a good Orthodox Jew, you would say it with a lot more of an ethnic emphasis. Yahweh, you know, and the the spitting and the gurgling. But we just simply say Yahweh. So Yahweh Elohim makes a tree in verse number 9. And what's the tree that I'm concerned about? It's this tree of what? Life. Life. Because you know, who's, who's, got, who's got the t-shirt on? Who's got the t-shirt on? I have one, but I don't want to turn my back. Come on, there's one right there. You got to come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, this is this amazing graphic that, that uh, Miss Angela Farmer made for us, and there's our tree right there. There's our tree, and this is what we're focusing on. This is the tree of life that we're paying attention to. And so, thank you very much. When I say, hold your hands up, when I say, hold your hands up like this, and I'm going to ask you to do it right now. I want you to think tree to tree, tree to tree. Now, now you need to understand, I am giving you instruction this morning and we, Jack Farmer, Steve Wilson, Brian Howell, Mike Bortz, and now me, we have given you biblical instruction that I dare say, listen to me. 80% of the people that you go to church with have never heard. I did not learn this, what we're learning this week, until I was way an adult. When did you learn it, Josh, this whole overarching thing? As an adult. Coach Knox, when did you learn it? As a teen. And that's the difference between our childhood experiences. Mike, when did you learn this concept of creation, fall, redemption, restoration? When did you learn it? Probably not until 2010 ish. And we know that you were born back in the 1960s. Like, I mean, you're. Oh, there's a clarification that needs to be made there. Did you hear what he just said? He said he went to seminary, Coach Ty. He went to seminary. That's like, that's like the highest biblical instruction level, and you, you didn't feel like that they were teaching it. All right, Pastor Brian, you're Bible-educated, four years at PCC, then you stayed for a master's degree. No, you went up to shepherds. Where, where did you get a hold of the meta narrative? It's ridiculous, Dr. Farmer. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, mine was about years. Right, it's crazy. It's, it, Blake, it's a level of absurdity. Because what we want you to get this morning, what we want you to embrace this morning, is that although your Bible has 66 books, and it does, and although your Bible is divided up into 39 chapters and 27 chapters, I mean, 20, 39 books and 27 books, Old Testament, New Testament, and it is... It is really just one story. And when you go to church on Sunday and you sit next to someone and you sit next to someone and you sit in front of someone and behind someone, I promise you they have no clue what the story is. It is absolutely pitiful, Tyler, how biblically illiterate we are on the story. And when I say story, I'm going to keep doing this all over again. It's tree to tree, tree to tree, tree to tree, tree to tree, tree to tree. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 22. Revelation 22. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 22. And we've been emphasizing in every speaker that's got in front of you, except for Jack Farmer has been reviewing and reviewing and reviewing because we want you to learn this not like learn it for an algebra test for a week. We all know that that's what we do with algebra. Nobody remembers algebra. I mean, unless you're strange, right? Like, you know, there's a small component of... Weirdos. Right, right. That think in terms of X's and Y's, but the rest of us are like one, two, three, four. Don't bring the letters into the numbers. Keep them separate. Right. Like me, letters go with English and numbers go with math. And let's keep a hard wall between them. Am am I by myself or others? No, you're like, let's merge them, bring them together. Yeah, I love keep them separate. So in Revelation 22, look at the Bible with me. Revelation 22, we get another reference to this tree. Verse 1 says, Then the angel showed me a river of water of life, as bright as a crystal, and is flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. And who's the Lamb? It's Jesus Christ, absolutely. Right in your Bible right there in the margin, Jesus Christ. You could actually put Jesus the Christ. Jesus. Why Jesus? Matthew one twenty one. Name him Jesus. Why? He's going to save his people from their sins. Why Christ? Because he's the long-awaited Messiah of Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 9. Then what's this lamb part? What's this lamb part then? I thought he was the Christ. What's this lamb part? Anyone know what we're talking about when we say lamb? Why is he being called a lamb? Talk to me. Yeah. John chapter one. John the Baptist says, "Behold, look, see," and and you can just imagine him pointing to Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Why Nazareth? Because that's the that's the what? Why Nazareth? That's where he grew up. That's right. That's his hometown. And he says to him, "Behold, look, see. Pay attention. The Lamb of God." Come on, come on, come on. You know your Bibles. Anybody can remember the end? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Pastor Brian from Hebrews reminded us that he purifies us from our, come on, come on, from our sin. Dr. Wilson put the poo the poo in the water, and said the poo is what? It's sin. It's sin. So here we are. We're we're at the end of the Bible. We're in Revelation 22. There isn't a 23. And the angel showed me the river water of life, bright as a crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. And on either side of the river, there's this tree of life. Wait a minute, I know about a tree of life. Yesterday, in John chapter 1, in John chapter 1, in John chapter 1, in fact, in verse 1, take your hands again, take your hands again. We're going to be doing this a lot, so just, just get used to it. I want you to have something to remind you of this. So tree to tree, but wait a minute, in John 1... Pastor Brian said, I want to, I want you to show you verse one of chapter one, John one in the, wait a minute, in the beginning. And then he said that John intentionally said in the beginning to remind you of what? Genesis one, one, which was in the beginning. So here's in the beginning and here's in the beginning. Here's the tree of life and here's the tree of life. Your Bible does that all the time. You need to start looking for those things. Your Bible is telling an overarching story. Your Bible is communicating a giant story. A giant story. Hold your all four fingers up. Hold all four fingers up. Creation. All right, come on, come on. We can do much better than that. Let's do it together. Creation. Fall. Redemption. Restoration. So if I drop my two fingers... Here's creation, and here's restoration. Here's the tree of life, and here's the tree of life. Are y'all getting it? Are, are we? Ha- what I'm suggesting to you is if, Coach Ty, if you take your fingers like that and you move it just like that, the entire story of the Bible fits right there. The entire story of the Bible fits right there, Moses. From Adam to Revelation 22, it's all right there, the, Mr. Adams, it's all right there. And we need to learn it. And literally, you need to challenge yourself, Blake, to say, I'm a true follower of Christ and I need to be able to describe the story. I need to go from... Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, to Joshua, to the judges. I need to move to um, Samuel. I need to move to the anointing of Saul and follow Saul with David and David with Solomon. And then the divided kingdom, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Remember when they split? Come on, nod your student. I taught you guys this. And they split. I need to know about them going into captivity. I need to know about them coming out of captivity. I need to know about them rolling into Matthew 1 with the introduction of this man that Pastor Brian talked to us about. And I'm not talking about Superman. That was a cool story. I'd never heard that before. So that was a really cool illustration. Well done. But the Superman that we want to talk about is Jesus the Christ. And I want us as a school to not say Jesus Christ. I want us to start saying Jesus the Christ. Why? English teachers, answer that question. Where's my English teachers at? Why? Why am I saying that? Miss Whiting. Sorry. That's right. And so I want to put that what in front of it. What's that? That T-H-E. What's that called? What's that called? Come on. You guys know this? That definite what? What? article because I want to put special emphasis on who he is. He is the Christ. Fall to your knees. Fall to your knees because he is TJ the Christ. Literally, it's the anointed one. And we know, Dr. Farmer, that in the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. And right away, right away, Blake, when you heard me say prophet, priest, and king, you went, oh, that's Pastor Brian's message. Again, drop your hands, put your fingers down, let's go, do it. Person and work. That was Pastor Brian's entire message. Coach Knox, it was his person and his work. And he took his person and he divided it one more time. And he said, who can remind me if, if we do this, this is his person and I'll just divide it again. What would go here? His what? His deity. And what would go here? His humanity. His humanity. And why did you put deity first? Because the entire premise starts with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. Very good. And then verse 14, we're shocked. We're literally blown away when we read, and the word became, what's it say? Flesh. Flesh. So verse 1 emphasizes what? His deity. And verse 14 emphasizes what? His humanity. Now, why do we care about his humanity? Who can tell me why we care about his humanity? Why do we care about his humanity? Who can remember why we care about his humanity? That's right, because he saved us from our sins in his humanity. Like they literally took his flesh and nailed it to a cross. You can't hang a spirit from a cross. Are you saying? It's Harold, right? Are are you saying that Jesus Christ took on flesh for one reason and one reason only? Yeah. Yeah. Why was that? So that he could die for you and you and you. Hold on, hold on. I want you to take your piece of candy right there and I want you to look at it right now. I want you to take that bag of piece of candy right now and I want you to look at it. And I want you to think for right now, for just a moment, I want you to think that this piece of candy that I'm looking at right now represents, listen to me very closely, the salvation That Jesus made available for me. The salvation that Jesus made available for me. That this little tiny bag of candy represents the salvation that Jesus made available for me. Say it with me. The salvation that Jesus made available for me. Now I trust you have not opened it. So right now, it's available to you, but is it yours? Well, in a sense, the answer is yes, because you have it in your hands. And in a sense, the answer is no, because you have not opened it and received it. Put it down, please. Can we go back to the tree, please, for just a minute? Can we go back to the tree for just a minute, please, in verse number... 2 of Revelation 22 the last sentence in verse 2 says the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations the leaves for the tree were for the healing of the nations if I had to ask you what single nation dominates the story of the Bible. Tyler, if I had to ask you what single nation dominates the story of the Bible, how would you answer that question? How would you answer the question, what single nation dominates the story of the Bible? I'm giving you a chance to think about it. What would you say right now? What would you say? What single nation dominates? I got two hands up here. I got a hand here. Is there anyone else that feels like you, got, you definitely know? Good. You know the answer? Know the answer? Yeah. What is the answer, Tyler? What's the answer? It is absolutely Israel. It is spot on. It is Israel. It is the Hebrews. It is the Jews. It is the children of what name? Abraham, Abraham, it's the children of Abraham. That's Genesis chapter 12. Come on, you know the story. Come on, uh, we've got to learn it. Chapter one, man, man is created. Chapter three, man falls. And it's a disaster. Gets thrown out of the garden. Chapter six, God sees the wickedness of humanity. He's grieved in his heart. And he says, I'm starting Over. He's starting over, and he's going to start over with what man? What's his name? Noah. Noah. Very good. Noah gets off the boat, has a party, and he's drunk. Like What in the world is going on with humanity? You've got a major problem, humanity. What do you not understand? I want you to do right. No poo in the water. So chapter 12, what's God do? He starts over with a one man. And what's his name? Abraham. Abraham. It's Abraham. It's Abraham. And it doesn't go well with Israel. It doesn't go well at all. You say, why are we talking about Israel? Because I want you to see this giant shift. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of what? The nations. That's a plural word. The Greek behind it is the ethnicities or the ethnos. Because not many of you in this room can say, well, I'm clearly a child of Abraham. In fact, if you look around in our room, we've got ethnicities galore in this room. We've got a level of diversity that is unprecedented. We have all of humanity represented in this room. And the very good news is that Jesus Christ died for the nations. And the tree of life is available for the nations. Not the Jews only, but the nations. The nations. The nations. All right. I want you to, I want you to grab your fingers now. And you're going to go like this this time. And, and just please participate. Just pacify me, even if you feel like it's corny. All right? Don't get too many pictures of them doing this corny thing. All right? So tree to tree, tree to tree, and I want you to think right there, smack dab in that why, that, that gap, that, that valley, that, that huge drop right there between the trees, and I want you to put in another tree. I want you to put in another tree right here. I want you to just put a tree right there. And does anyone know why I'm putting a tree right there? Does anyone have any clue why we're dropping a, a, a tree right there? Anybody have any idea? What? Yes. Nope, not bad though. Yes, it's the tree that Christ died on. Turn to 1st Peter. Hold your place in 22, but turn to 1st Peter. Turn to 1st Peter. Come on, you can find it. 1 Peter, it's real close to Revelation. Shouldn't be hard for you to find it at all. First Peter. First Peter. First Peter. Chapter two. Chapter two and verse twenty four. Peter, Peter writes, he himself, he himself, pronoun, pronoun, like who does that? Pronoun, pronoun? Why why are we stacking pronouns? Man, Pastor Sean's not an English teacher. Why is he teaching us so much about English this morning? Why are we stacking these pronouns like this? Miss Love, why are we, I almost said Abigail, why are we stacking these pronouns like this? He himself? Why would you write like this? What would the reason be that you'd stack two pronouns in a row like this? He himself. Does anyone have any idea why you would stack these double pronouns like this? He himself. What would your answer be? Why are we stacking pronouns like this? He himself, and then what's the very next word? Is it Bore? He himself what? Come on, look at your Bible. He himself bore. bore. There's the verb. So we've got the subject is he himself, and then he bore, and what did he bore? Come on, look at your Bible. Our sins on what? On a what? On On a tree. So wait a minute. If I'm thinking about the story of the Bible, if I'm thinking, and we're going to go back to he himself. I'm not done with that. We're going back to he himself in just a minute. But if I'm thinking about the story of the Bible, if I need to learn the story of the Bible, I need to go tree to tree and then smack dab in the middle of the story of the Bible, Thad, I need to put another tree right there. And everything in your Bible is either looking to the tree or back. Everyone following what I'm saying? Are you all following what I'm saying here? And this is the tree that Christ died on. This is the tree that the eternal Son of Man, Son of God, died on. And, and so, Miss Whiting, why do you think it is that Peter stacked the pronouns that he himself? Why do you think that is? Emphasis. Emphasis. He doesn't say he bore our sins. And that would be fine. You could write it like that he bore our sins. That'd be fine to say he bore our sins. So then why do you insert that other word, himself? Why, why do you put that other word? Does anyone have any idea? Come on, you said emphasis, but what are we trying to emphasize? Come on! Yeah! Like, I stand amazed! You did what? He himself? This is exactly... What Pastor Brian was talking about in Philippians chapter 2, the humiliation of the Son of God. When he voluntarily leaves the glories of heaven where he's adored by the angels and all of the spiritual beings in heaven as the Son of God, and he says, I will leave this glory that I have with you, Father God, to go on the earth to become a servant, a human The closest equivalent I can give you is if I said to you, would you mind being a cockroach for the next week? You understand why I'm saying that, Mr. Glass? Could you please leave your position as a human, and would you mind spending the next week of your life scurrying around on the ground looking for every little crumb that you can eat? Because that's the life of a cockroach. You understand that, Dad? That's the life of a cockroach. And you're always living in fear of what? The Bigfoot? Because what's the Bigfoot do? It crushes you. My wife is insane about this. If there is a bug in our house, and I mean a fly, a mosquito, it doesn't matter what it is, everything stops. Until the bug's life has been eliminated. I'm not kidding. Miss Farmer, she's a nut. To the laundry room we go. What are you getting? The fly swatter. Close the doors. Why are we closing the doors? Because we're going to isolate the fly. You think I'm exaggerating right now. I wish we had inside cameras. Because it would become a YouTube sensation to see my wife going after this fly. Fly swatter in hand. And she's going to end its life. So we're supposed to understand that the eternal Son of God left the glories of heaven to become a human being so that he could die to get rid of our poo. And this is why the song writer writes, I stand amazed in the presence. I stand amazed in the presence. I stand amazed. So again, we're learning, we're we're internalizing this. Tree to tree, tree to tree, and then we're gonna put this giant tree right here. This this huge tree. And on this tree that we've dropped right here in this Y, right here, this valley between my two fingers here, is this tree that the eternal Son of God hung on. He bore, according to 1 Peter, he himself bore our sins in the body on the tree that we might, listen to this language here, die to sin and live to righteousness. Pastor Mike, that's your whole message on walk right there. That is literally the best summation that I can think of of when you're saying we're going to receive and walk. Receive and walk. Receive and walk. Tree to tree. Old covenant, new covenant. Old Testament, new testament. Person and work. Person, eternal and uh, God and man. And, And here he says here, And again, I want you to see what we're doing here. Hold them up, please. Hold them up, please. I'm going to be doing two things all the time. I'm going to be dying to sin and living to righteousness. When was the last time you died to sin? Because it's actually a pretty daily process. Well, Pastor Sean, I would actually disagree with you. (laughs) I would suggest to you that's an hourly process. Well, I I would totally disagree with both of you, and I would suggest to you that it's probably minute by minute, that it is an ever fight, ever fight. And if all of us adults in this room would be utterly transparent with you, and we're not going to be, we would tell you that we're still dying to sin all the time. All you freshmen saw an example where I did not die to sin and I went off on all you guys in class. That's an example of not dying to sin. That's an example of not pursuing righteousness. And the daily walk that Pastor Mike talked about as a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in which we're constantly surrendering to him as Lord and relying on him as, what word's gonna go here? It starts with the letter S. Thank you. Savior. Savior and Lord. Lord and Savior. Come on. Come on. What do you mean? Well, I don't always surrender to him as Lord. And when I don't surrender to him, O oh Lord, it's called what? Sin. And so what do I need to do? I need to run to my Savior. Savior. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, First John 1, 9, and to cleanse us from all poo. 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 You're exactly right. Unrighteousness is Poo. And there's a whole bunch of unrighteousness in some of us and there's a less unrighteous in others and there's even less in some of them. But in the end, we're all what? Unrighteous. We're all filled with poo. We can't use the other word. Why? Because this is being recorded and small children might listen to it. Warning, right. Four-letter word is sometimes used. Please don't use it. Starts with S. (laughs) Some of you are not there. Did you know they're not there yet? I heard someone say crap. No, crap doesn't start with S, all right? Just just so you're clear. (laughs) Revelation chapter 19, please. Revelation 19, please. 22 is the text that I was assigned, but you can't understand 19, 22, and still you get the sense of what's happening in 20, 19 and 20. And we won't read all of it, but let's look at verse 11 together, everyone. Then the heavens were opened. The heaven opened. Then, then the heaven opened. And behold, there's a white horse. And the one sitting on this white horse is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is John chapter number one. The word of God. God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And this is what you need to understand today. This is the absolute truth of the word of God. It's that the word of God is coming back. The word of God came to die on a cross so that you could have salvation available to you. Right there, that you could have salvation available to you. And he said in Acts chapter 1, he said, told the angels, tell them, in the same way you saw me leaving, I'm coming back. And he left in the sky And he's coming back in the sky. And this is what you need to understand. When he's coming back, and he is, he's separating. Come on, hold your fingers up again, everyone. The sheep from the goats. The sheep from the goats. And here's the question for you. What is your name? Damil, are you a sheep? or are you a goat? are you a sheep... or are you a goat? are you a sheep or are you a goat? are you a sheep? Jane, are you a sheep? or are you a goat? Because the sheep are told, come on. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We got a place to go. We're leaving. We're leaving. Where are you going? I got a new city for you. I got a new heaven for you. I got a tree of life that you're gonna enjoy. Let's go. Let's go. We're out of here. Let's go. I got a new heaven. I got a new earth. I've been waiting for you. I'm crazy about you. I love you. Let's go. We're out of here. And the goats are going, what about us? We want to go too. You know what the goats hear? Becky, they hear. Oh am sorry, I am not supposed to say that. Coach Ty's wife. Depart from me. Depart from me depart from me i don't think you think about that i I don't think anyone in this room is thinking about that i don't think that one person in this room is thinking about that the way we need to think about it i mean we could illustrate it very easily let's go let's go we're going out here i got heaven prepared for you got a new earth i got a tree of life i got a river that you've never seen I've got what you are going to be like God. You're everything, all the poos utterly, and completely gone. All the corruption of bearing God's image is utterly eliminated. There's no tears, there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no sin, there's no murder. I mean literally it goes on and on. I could spend the rest of an hour telling you about all that God has prepared for those that love him and we're like, "Let's go! Let's go! You, 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 you. Sheep, sheep, sheep. Go! Let's go!" I'm wait, let's get out of here. And then some of you start going, "Me too!" Boom! It's Daniel, right? Come here, Daniel. Come on, hurry up. I know you're a big guy, but you gotta be quick. Come on. That's how you you don't get quicker. You're not gonna make it on the basketball court. Let's go. Come on. Quick. Come on. I want you to stand right here. Golly, you're big. Gee whiz. Y'all getting the illustration? You're like, I'm coming too. And he's like, no, you're not. And the exact words are, depart from me. I never knew you. This was available to you. But you know what you didn't do? You didn't open it up. You didn't receive it. The difference between sheep and goat is that they have received the gift of salvation they have received the gift of salvation and you're like i'll just force my way through no you won't where's our smallest person in this room where's our smallest gee whiz bam let's go you let's go Get your camera ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, my soul. This is scary. Ah. Gee whiz. All right. So here's your mission. Are you ready to accept it? Get through this door. Here's your mission. Keep him from getting through. On your mark, get set, go. Go. You need to understand, students, you're not getting through. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The tree of life is available to you right now. The tree of life is available to you right now. The tree of life is available to you right now. The reason you're going to open this candy is because you are fully convinced that there's something inside of this. Don't do it yet. I said gonna. That's future tense. That's not present tense. That's right. Hold on. Come on. Hold on. Come on. I need you to stay with me. The tree of life is available for the nations. And that's me because I have a German ethnicity. That's you because you have a pick your pick your ethnicity. So the rider on the white horse is coming back with the armies of heaven and he is getting all the sheep and he's separating the sheep from the goats. In verse number 7 of chapter 20, turn the page, please. At the end of the thousand years, and we can have a separate conversation about that, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations. And there's this incredible battle that takes place, described as Gog and Magog. And then in verse number 11, we read, Then a great white throne, and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky, fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And verse 15 says that if anyone's name was not written in the book of life... He was thrown into the lake of fire. Is your name in the book of life? Is your name there? Sean Edward Harris, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Is your name in the book? Is your name in the book? Is your name in the book? Is it in there? John 1, 12. Pastor Mike went there. John 1, 12. As many as received him, to them that believed on his name, he gave them, come on, help me out. He gave them the right... The power, the authority to become what? A child child of God. So let's make sure we understand what we're saying here. I could describe you as a sheep. I could describe you as a child of God. I could describe you as a believer. I could describe you as a person whose name is in the book. And are we talking about the same thing? Yeah. We're talking about the same thing. So what happens to everyone? What happens to everyone who's not in the book of life? They're judged out of the lake of fire. I mean, the book of, they're judged out of the books. So let's, let's go back to this illustration because I'm not done with it. Come on, come on, right here, go with this. I want you to imagine for a moment this morning, I want you to imagine for a moment this morning, That there are cameras in this room. There are cameras. And these cameras are watching you. They're watching you. And I want you to imagine for a moment this morning that what you do with this salvation packet is being recorded. What you do with this salvation packet is being recorded. What you do with this salvation packet is being recorded. And so you get to that judgment. You get there. You get there. You get there. You get there. You're there, Thad. You're at that judgment. You're like, what about me? And boom, on the screen, bam, in living color is Camp Anchorage. GAD 2023. And what is being recorded is when you took the gift of salvation and disregarded it. I don't need that salvation. I don't need that. I'm not receiving it. I'm not taking Christ into my life. I'm not surrendering to his lordship. I'm not putting my faith in Jesus. It's not me. And right there in front of all that are at the great white throne of judgment is this image of you grabbing God's gift of salvation and going, I don't need this. I don't need this salvation. I'm going on my own. I don't need God. I'll be righteous. Or let me say it differently. I'll purify my own water. I'll get the poo out, Brian. I don't need you to purify my poo. I'll do it. I got a better filtering system than you do anyway, God. God. I'm going to be righteous. Are you getting it, Blake? Are you understanding what I'm communicating to you? Pastor Sean, what do I have to believe in order to have access to the tree of life? What do I have to believe to get access to the tree of life? Number one, you need to believe that you are a poo filled sinner that your poo has separated you from a holy and righteous God, that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to earn your way to salvation, that your very best day is crap in God's eyes. That although you were created in God's image, that image has been so marred, so corrupted, so destroyed, so damaged, so disrupted, that on your very best day of bearing God's image, you fail miserably. You need the one true image bearer to do it for you. And who is that one true image bearer? It's Jesus Christ. The one that purely did it. So number one, I believe that I am a sinner separated from a holy, righteous God. Number two, I believe that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. He said he was the son of God, and I believe him. He said he was the savior of the world, and I believe him. John the Baptist said he was the lamb of God, and I believe that he was this lamb of God. He said I'm coming again, and I believe he is coming again. I believe what the book says about Jesus. You say, Pastor Sean, is there a prayer that I need to pray right now? Is that that the next step? That's how we do it in our church. We stop and we say, dear Jesus, come in my heart. And that's how we receive him. No! In fact, hear me well. If your church is doing that, they're doing the wrong thing. And if I just ticked you off, so what? Come argue with me about it. Bring your Bible and show me where they pray to receive Jesus. Just bring me one solid verse, just one verse where they pray to receive it. Because if there was such a verse, Pastor Mike would have showed it to you last night as he was trying to explain what it means to receive Jesus. It wasn't that he ignored it. You can't ignore what's not there. How do I I receive it? I believe. I believe that inside this packet is pure delicious. It is good milk chocolate. I like Hershey's milk chocolate. I think they did a great job. And so I opened this thing up. Not you. I say nothing about you. I said I. I said I. Why? Because I can't open up yours any more than you can open up mine. Your mommy can't open it for you. Your daddy can't open it for you. Your best friend can't open it. When we say it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we mean it. Today, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Today, I believe that he died on a cross for my sins. Today, I believe that he was buried and rose again on the third day. Today, right now, this is what I believe. 1 Corinthians 15. Pastor Mike read it to us last night. The gospel. Now, opening this packet does not bring you salvation, but it is an illustration of what we're talking about. So if you want to put your faith in Christ, don't open this packet. Don't open this packet, because opening this packet will not get you salvation. It is merely an illustration of what we're trying to communicate, which is on a particular day, you make a decision to follow Christ. Just like I just made a decision that I'm going to open this packet so that I can eat this candy. You make a decision that today I'm going to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. My faith is in Him and how He said He was. You know, His person and His work. What He did for me. Are you all getting it? Let's pray. And by the way, eat the candy, please. Eat it right now. Come on, eat it without talking. Just enjoy it for a moment without talking just just you and your candy it's an individual thing just you and your candy now let's pray god almighty we pray earnestly That the young people in this room will put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. That they will internalize the confession of faith that they are sinners. I, Lord God, am a sinner and my sin has separated me from you. This is my confession of faith as a believer. And I, Lord God, believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God who died for my sins, was buried and rose again on the third day. I believe that he is in heaven right now mediating on my behalf. He is interceding for me and my sin. I believe that he's coming again someday to establish an eternal kingdom where the tree of life will be present. And that the degree to which I, as the image bearer of God, has been marred and corrupted is going to be perfectly restored. I am trusting in you Lord God, for my salvation. I am committed to walking in faith under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I surrender daily to your lordship. You are the king. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one. This is my confession of faith. What is your confession of faith, students? Pastor Sean, mine is yours. Mine is yours. Pastor Sean, I believe exactly what you said. I, my confession of faith is what you just confessed. I'm putting my faith in Christ right now. My faith will be in Christ tomorrow. My faith will in Christ will be next week. My faith will in Christ will be next month and next year. When I come back to Gab 2024, I will walk onto this campus as a believer. That doesn't mean that my walk has been perfect. It doesn't mean that I haven't sinned. I haven't died to sin perfectly. But when I come back 12 months from now onto this campus, I will walk onto this campus as a believer, born again, a new creature in Christ, being conformed to the image of Christ, being transformed one degree to another. What's your commitment today? What's your commitment? What commitment are you making today? Tell the Lord right now what commitment you're making today. Right now. Pastor Sean, the summer was a disaster when it comes to walking with the Lord. I needed God. I need a refresher. I need a recommitment. Is that you? Is that you? Is there anyone that would say, yeah, Pastor Sean, that's me. I need, a, I need a recommitment. Is there anyone at all that? That's me, Pastor Sean. I need a recommitment. I need a reminder that I need to be walking with the Lord. I need a reminder that I'm supposed to be bearing God's image at all times. I'm on the fence, Pastor Sean. I'm struggling. I don't know whether there is a God or isn't a God. I want to believe, but I don't. I'm going to to explore the existence of God this year. I'm going to be open to the reality that God is who He is. I'm going to take Bible class in a different perspective right now. Is that you? I'm going to begin praying that if there is a God, that He opens my eyes Students, I don't know where you're at. Dr. Farmer doesn't know where you're at. Your teachers don't know where you are, but God does. You can't hide from him. So tell God where you're at right now. God, I believe today for the very first time, and I believe that I'm being saved by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. I believe I I came here as a believer, but my walk has been pitiful with the Lord And I am recommitting myself to be a more mature Christian this year. My walk with the Lord is going to be better than it was last year. Pastor Sean, I want to believe like you do, but I'm just not there yet. But I'm going to be open to the reality that if there is a God, that he can save me from my sin. Father in heaven, I just ask you, Lord, to continue the work that you began in this student body at GAD through our Bible classes through our chapels, through our personal devotions, in Jesus name. Amen. Dr. Farmer.